is we need to stop drawing these mental lines, these mental barriers, these mental divisions between us and Jesus. You know, well, he could do that because he was Jesus. But I'm not Jesus, so I can't do that. Well, he actually said we would do greater things than he did. So we need to stop making these divisions between him and us. It doesn't do him any good. It doesn't bring him any honor. It doesn't bring him any glory. It does not glorify Jesus for you to think that you cannot do what he did. Is that making sense to you? It doesn't accomplish what he needs us to accomplish on this earth when we draw these mental barriers between what he could do and what we could do. What he was called to do, what we're called to do. He has made you, he has made me in ourselves his light and his glory. That's who he's made you to be. His light and his glory. He, otherwise, he wouldn't have told us we're the light of the world, would he? Would he? No, he wouldn't have said that. So we walk in the light as he is in the light. First John 1 John 1.5 God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Verse 7 But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. How many of you are purified? Yes, every hand in this place should go up if you're a believer in Jesus. We walk in the light that he has given us. It's not our own light, right? The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, right? So we walk in the light that he has given us and we allow it to search out our inward beings conforming us to him, right? Hallelujah, say I get to be conformed to Jesus. (laughs) Rather than listening to the voices of darkness, we're going to stand on the scripture and realize what he has done in us, what we have in us. Instead of allowing the darkness to tell us what we are not or what we cannot do. We're going to listen to Jesus. We're going to shine the light. We're going to recognize the transformation that he has put in us. Right? Okay. If we abide in him, okay, and if we're abiding in him, we're agreeing with him. We're agreeing with him. If we abide in him, we agree with him, we get to do what he did. So it's time to quit selling yourself short. Time to quit selling yourself short. If we believe as Jesus believed, And how do we do that? How do we believe as Jesus believed? Yes. We saturate ourselves in the word. We allow the word to get down deep in our spirits. If we believe as Jesus believed, 
then we get to walk as he walked. And we get to do what he did. Okay? John 7 tells us that if we abide in Jesus, rivers of life usher forth from our bellies. Rivers of his life usher forth from our bellies. Who wants to be a river of life? Okay, so if you're in Jesus, you get to be a river of life. John 7, 37 and 38. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. I'm going to drink of Jesus. That's what we're doing at the beginning. We're drinking Jesus. We're taking time to drink in Jesus, the presence of the Lord. Anyone who is thirsty, come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow forth from within them. You have rivers of living water flowing forth from within you. So we drink of him, and that drink turns into a river of life, ushering forth, springing forth. Out of our communion with Jesus, our communion with him, through Holy Spirit residing within us, because if you're a born-again believer, you have the Holy Spirit residing within you. So through Holy Spirit, his glory ushers forth, gushes forth, rivers of living water gushing forth from within you. Because we are in him, in him, and he is in us, right? The inworking of the Holy Spirit in us, within us, we get to be the same light as Jesus. The same. Did I say the same? Yeah, I said the same. So, if we see what Jesus did in the scripture, okay, look in the scripture, you'll never go wrong, okay? You'll always be right when you agree with the scripture. So, if we see what Jesus did in the scripture, then you get to do the same thing. Who, who believes that? Good. <laughs> Good, good body of believers. You get to do the same thing because you trust him. You trust him. You're submitted to him. You're abiding in him and you become his light emanating from you, right? You get to be his light emanating from you. So if you cannot find what you're saying in the scripture, in him, in Jesus, then don't say it. If you can't find what you're doing in him, in Jesus, then don't do it. It's pretty easy. It's, it's a real simple thing to follow. The scripture's really simple to follow. So in other words, just because others say it or others do it doesn't mean that makes it right, and it doesn't mean that that makes it profitable in our lives, and it doesn't mean that it makes it profitable for the gospel. 
right? We are not following others. We're not, unless they have a scriptural foundation for what's happening, well, we're never following others. We're following Jesus. We're following Jesus. We are doing all things as unto the Lord. Okay? We are, I'm going to, you're going to emanate his light and his light only. Purified. 2 Corinthians 2.15. Listen to this. This is so beautiful. I want you to hang on to this for the rest of this teaching today. I want you to hang on to this. Beautiful, beautiful scripture. 2 Corinthians 2.15. For we, believers, are to God the aroma of Christ. I want every single one of you to say that about yourself. I am the aroma of Christ to God. I am the aroma of Christ to God. The scripture tells that to you. The scripture says that about you. For we are to God the aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. You are, you get to be, you are designed to be, you have the capacity. When you're born again, it is your nature to be the aroma of Christ to God. Hallelujah. We walk in the light as he is in the light. We get understanding, we get understanding, and we spread that understanding. We spread the aroma of Jesus to the world. Jesus brought us a new and living way. A new way, a living way, a living way. Hebrews 10, 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence, confidence to enter the most holy place. Do you know that that is blasphemous to say or to think that you are not worthy of the most holy place? to enter into the most holy place because either Jesus tore the veil or he didn't. He shed his blood for you or he didn't. And I don't think any of us could argue that he shed his blood for us. We have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God. Let us draw near to God. No shame, no 
all of that. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. You get to have a full assurance, a full assurance that you can draw nigh unto the Lord. Full assurance. You don't need to ever question that. Having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly, unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Ugh. That makes me feel so good. He who promised is faithful. What storm can compare to the faithfulness of your father? None. Not a single one. They pale. And let us consider how we may spur one another on. You get to do this. You get to spur one another on toward love and good deeds that come out of faith, right? That come out of trusting Jesus. Let us not give up meeting together. Warning. Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. All the more. It doesn't say all the less. It says all the more. We gather together to encourage one another and to share the love and the good deeds of our Lord Jesus. So Jesus is the new and living way. He, in case you didn't know, in case you weren't aware, he's not the way of our culture. That should have drawn a laugh. <laughs> but just in case, he is not the way of your culture. <laughs> He's not even the same way as the Old Testament. For all you legalists, all you religious Pharisees, <laughs> His way is a new covenant. Do we have a new covenant or do we not? Yes. It's a new type of relationship. We get to enter totally in. Right? So we come to our Father. This is so reassuring. And I, I kind of think maybe we don't really think about this word. We come to our Father through Jesus. Through him. We get to go through Jesus to the Father. That's an incredible thought. John 14, 6 says, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Okay, and we can think of that, you know, in the way it's normally thought of, that you only get to come to the Father if you, because of Jesus. But let's think of it in an even greater way. We get to walk through Jesus to the Father. We get to go through the veil 
And then the Father sees us the same way that he saw Jesus. Because now we're, you know, it'd be kind of like, maybe this is a bad description, but I just thought of it. It'd be kind of like if, here's this like piece of plastic that's real pliable and bendable and, and you're going through it, you're going through it and it totally wraps you up as you go through. And you have this like whole new enfolding. That's not exact because he's actually in us, right? But the thing is, is we get to go through him and we have this whole new covering. I mean, I think that's an awesome thought. So we, we've walked through the veil. We've already gotten to do that. When we make Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior, we walk through the veil with him. His body crucified is the veil, right? Torn for us. And as a result, we get to have complete confidence to approach God's throne. Complete confidence to approach God's throne. And as a result of that, we get to draw, we can draw near to him, near to him in complete assurance before the Father. You don't have to hide anything and think that he's not going to uh, love you or be ashamed of you. You see that? We get to be in his presence in complete assurance. And we get to be confident, we get to be confident that we can walk as he walked on this earth because he is faithful and we can trust him to work in us. You get to trust God to work in you. You get to trust God to work out his beautiful plans in your life. You get to trust him to do that. I wish I'd have known that as a teenager. I wish I'd have had someone speaking that into my life as a teenager. Like when all the questions came, like what about this? Am I doing the right thing? How about this? Where does God want me? What am I supposed to do? I wish I'd have had someone speaking to me about the confidence that I could have in Jesus. I wish I'd had someone speaking to me about Jesus. (laughs) That would have been a real good start. But anyway, anyway, because he is at work in us, because Jesus in the believer, because Jesus is at work in us, we are spurred on to do the things that he did with confidence, with confidence, and even greater. We're spurred to move in his love, we're spurred to do his good deeds, and we need to encourage one another along these lines. There are enough people that are going to find fault with every little thing that you're doing. There are enough people that are going to find fault with your character. Okay? We need to be encouragers of one another in the plans and purposes of God. We need to be encouragers that we get to walk, that we can walk, that you can walk as Jesus walked, especially as we see the day approaching, especially as we see all the chaos in the world around us. We need to be encouraging one another the way the Lord is telling us to. And we need to have this understanding of the fact that, yes, we do get to walk as he walked. Last week... 
you receive the prophecy from the Lord that the time of observation is over. Obviously, he's calling you to enter in to all that he has for you. We are not bystanders. You are not a bystander. You are a light bearer. Say, I am a light bearer. Yes, you are a light bearer. Thank you, Jesus. So scripture tells us to get understanding. So we have to get understanding. Let me read this to you. Proverbs 4, verses 5 through 9. Okay? This is, this is your game plan. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget my words or swerve from them. Do not forsake wisdom, listen, and she will protect you. How many of you feel like you need to be protected? Wisdom, the wisdom of the Lord protects you. Love her and she will watch over you. Thank you, Lord. Wisdom is supreme, therefore get wisdom. You have a job. Where's your wisdom? Right here. Scripture. Therefore get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, it does not matter what the cost, get understanding. Esteem her, and she will exalt you. Embrace her, and she will honor you. She will set a garland of grace on your head and present you with a crown of splendor. Wow. You know the Lord has a crown of splendor for you? A garland of grace around your necks? And all we have to do is get his understanding, his wisdom. So we get understanding and the blessing comes. We get understanding and provision comes. We get understanding and wisdom comes. You see, we don't seek the blessing. We don't seek the provision. We seek the one. We seek his word because that's who he is. Okay? We get understanding and then what happens when we, as we receive understanding, and we all have the Holy Spirit, every one of you has the Holy Spirit, if you're born again, if you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, every single one of you has the Holy Spirit to give you revelation from the Word, understanding from the Word, and He reveals His own nature to you. His, his true nature, He reveals that to you. He, he takes away all the confusion, all the mystery, he reveals his nature. So when we understand his nature, we get to walk in that same nature. We get to walk in his ways. We get to walk in his peace, his wisdom. You know, go on and on. All the very nature of God. All the very nature of our Father. We get to walk in that. We get to walk in his light as he walked. Not a dimmed down version. You don't have to be a dimmed-down version. (laughs) 
You are the fullness of his light and glory. Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. There, there's actually, there's no limit in that, in that scripture right there. No limit. Beloved, now are we living in a stormy season in the world? I'm saying in the world. I'm not saying about our inside, inner season. But in the world, are we living amongst storms? Yes. So you don't have to ignore the fact that, yes, there are storms. This isn't like we're hiding our, you know, heads in the sand type things. But that storm doesn't have to get in us, and we don't have to react to that storm. We don't have to allow the storms to get us off center from Jesus or, or to upset our peace, okay? The storms are going to come out there, the world. The storms will come in the world. But once we have God's understanding deep in our spirits, his word, his character, his nature, his word deep in our spirits, we are not moved by those storms. We're not moved by the fear that all the people who don't know Jesus or the people who, you know, I guess are not really serious about walking or understanding what they have in the word. We do not have to be moved by all the fear that is around us. Right? I don't have to let that move me. Because our spirits, my spirit, your spirit, is grounded in Christ. We are in him. We are in him. Say, I am in Christ. And we don't have the same spirit of fear that the world has. It's just not there. It doesn't belong to us. If it's not his nature, it's not my nature. Okay? 2 Timothy 1 says that now we have no longer a spirit of fear, but a power of power of love and a sound mind. Did Jesus have a sound mind? I would say. Did he have power? Did he have love? <laughs> well, we get to walk in the very same thing. Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these, listen, <clears throat> everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. Who's going to do that here? Puts them into practice. <coughs> it's like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Hallelujah. I'm on the rock. And the rock is higher than I. Right? The rock is higher than I. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Wasn't there a song? When I, something trouble, I go to the rock. The rock is higher than I. Yet I did not fall, it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. 
But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man, a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. I don't know about you, but I'm not crashing. Say, I'm not crashing. You know you shouldn't even say that ever in your life? Do you ever hear, okay, a little bit of a soapbox, but do you ever hear people say, oh, I crashed when, like, they're really tired or something? That's a stinking confession. Shouldn't be saying it. I could go on and on about a lot of things that come out of people's mouths that I'm sure they don't want in their lives, so they shouldn't really be saying it. So anyway... Here we have a situation where the storm came against the wise and the storm came against the foolish. It came against both. Same storm came against both people. One foundation had been built on the word, right? One foundation, it tells us, had been built on the word. That person had his roots, the wise. The wise person had his roots dug deep in the soil of Jesus, and he prevailed through the storm. He prevailed, dug deep, probably didn't even feel the wind blow. The scripture tells us he did not fall. He did not fall. Say, I do not fall. I will not fall. The storm did not come, listen, this is, Personally, what I think, the storm did not come because the wise man opened the door to it. Sometimes we Christians are our worst enemies. And it's wearisome. It really is wearisome. Do we all make mistakes? Should we live in our mistakes? Or should we trust God? Yeah, we go to God, we draw near to him, we lay down the mistake. But I don't even believe this came, this storm, because this scripture calls this person a wise man. Well, if the scripture's calling him a wise man, I don't think he opened the door. My, my personal opinion, you can disagree if you would like, but you're wrong. I'm teasing, I'm teasing. But he calls him a wise man, okay? So I don't think the scripture would call him wise if he was doing a bunch of foolish stuff and opening a bunch of doors to the devil, you know? Anyway, so the same storm came to the wise and to the foolish. Beloved, there is a kingdom of darkness, okay? You're not in it. There's a kingdom of darkness, and it will be challenging the kingdom of light until Jesus, I mean, until the Lord ends it all. And the devil gets thrown into the lake of fire. Okay? But the kingdom of darkness will always challenge the kingdom of light. The rulers of the kingdom of darkness want to put 
out your light. That's their goal, is to put out your light. And it's not because you're doing something wrong. I would say in this example, it's because you're doing things right. They don't, the kingdom of darkness doesn't need to challenge where there's no light. You get that? It's, so it's not because you're doing something wrong. It's because that's what darkness wants to do, is challenge the light, constantly challenge the light. Its goal is to snuff out the word of Jesus, to steal the word out of your heart, to steal the word out of your life, and when you stand on the word, if you stand in the word, you're in the way. You're in the way of that kingdom. And you know what an even better way to look at that is? When you stand on the word, you are in the way. The way, the truth, the life. You get to be in the way. Hallelujah. So you just stay in the way. Just, just stay in the way. You don't really have to do a whole lot else. Just stay in the way. Just stand in the way. The Jesus way. Just stay standing in the Jesus way, the, the, the way of truth and the way of life, and you will weather the storm. Don't let the darkness confuse you. Storms come, and the way that we weather them depends on our foundation. It depends on what we do with what we know. What are you going to do with what you know? And then you're going to ask the Lord to give you even more revelation. Right? You're going you're to do with what you know now, and then you're going to ask the Lord to continually give you more revelation more understanding, more wisdom. We are going to fear God, and we are not going to fear the storm. I'm going to fear God and not the storm. So the one man's believing in this situation, the one person, I should say, the one person's believing, the one person's mindset, the one person's agreement with Jesus no matter what it looks like, I'm going to agree with Jesus, prepared him for the storm. The agreement with Jesus and standing on it, doing it, prepared him for the storm. The one man's failure to apply the word in his life, they both got it, they both had the word, but the one man's failure, the one person's failure to apply it made him totally unprepared for the storm totally unprepared. It made him unable to withstand the tempest. The scripture says that he had heard Jesus' words. So he had heard, but the foolish man didn't apply those principles, those words. The scripture instructs us, listen, by reason of use. Do we all have to exercise to keep our muscles strong? Do we all have to read and, and engage in mental activity to keep our brains active? Right? You just don't want to sit down and watch TV all day. 
But the scripture instructs us that by reason of use, we stand throughout life's challenges. And it's not just hearing. We gotta use, we gotta do, we gotta apply. We gotta walk in the light as he is in the light. James 5.14, but solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. You have to train yourself to distinguish good from evil so when the wolf comes, when, when the wolf comes dressed in lamb's clothing, looking sweet, looking pretty enticing there, looking pretty good, that you are going to be able to, to discern in your spirit. You know, the, the, the Holy Spirit will just tell you, don't go there today. Don't do that today. Go here today. Do this today. By reason of use, we, we train, we, train we, we listen. We can become more and more yielded in a more sensitive fashion. So our depth in the, in the word, our roots sunk deep, make us strong. They make us strong to withstand the storm. I am strong in Jesus by Holy Spirit to withstand the storm and to discern the difference between the evil and the good. The storm is sent to put out your light. That's the function of the storm. It's not personal. You know, I'm sorry, but too many people think, take things way too personally. And I'm not talking just about offense, but that's true. You wouldn't believe some things that people get offended over and allow them to keep, that from the full, keep them from the fullness of God. Offense is never worth it. Stubbornness is never worth it. Anger is never worth it. Never, ever. But it's really not personal. It's really an attack to dislodge God's kingdom in you. Okay? The storm comes to quench the candle. And your spirit, what is your spirit? What does the scripture say? That a person's spirit is the candle of the Lord. Right? So the storm comes to quench the candle. We are the candle, and we are not going to run and hide and put ourselves under a bushel just because the storm is coming. Storms are coming. It doesn't mean you have to be affected. It doesn't mean you have to lose your joy. It doesn't, have, it doesn't mean you lose your peace at all. We are going to let our light shine and we are going to know that our faith in Jesus, our trusting the Father, no matter what, keeps us shining, keeps you shining, keeps me shining for the kingdom. We're going to keep shining for the kingdom regardless of what happens out there. You, you are going to be the light in the lighthouse. I'm going to be the light in the lighthouse. Every single one of you in here is going to be the light in the lighthouse. You need to be that. You need to be that. 
So the storm is against the kingdom. It's not against you personally. The storm, it says, the storm beat vehemently against the house. The storm beat vehemently against the house, the kingdom, but the house stood because it was grounded on the solid rock of Jesus. We know it's Jesus, right? So listen to this scripture. God will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is stayed on him. Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast. How many of you have a steadfast mind? And the only way you have a steadfast mind, the reason you do have a steadfast mind is because you fill it up with the word, the revelation of Jesus. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. We trust Jesus. We trust his word. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord, the Lord is the rock eternal. The rock eternal. The storm was to destroy what God was building in that person. The storm comes to try to destroy what God is building in you. The kingdom, the peace of the kingdom, the light of the kingdom, the joy of the kingdom, the truth of the kingdom, whatever. You, you can, you can you know, continue the list. The storm came really to displace Jesus, to move Jesus out from under that, that foundation of Jesus. That's what the storm, but you're not going to allow Jesus to be displaced by darkness. You're not going to allow the light to be displaced by darkness, whatever you see around you, the darkness in the world, the doctrines of man, whatever they are, the ideologies of the day, the fear-mongering that's going on. You're not going to feed on that, so you're not going to allow that to dislodge the spirit of Jesus in you. You're not going to allow that. I'm not going to allow that. I am not going to allow the distractions, and that's all they are. The storms are simply distractions trying to get you off base. That's it. You do not need to run from the devil. Sorry. You do not need to run from the devil. You have all you need. Everything you need. So, quit running from the devil thinking that he has some sort of power that's going to be able to overtake you. My scriptures in Deuteronomy tells me that the blessings of the Lord overtake me. Not the evils of darkness. I don't even have to be concerned about that. You are not going to allow the distractions of the storm to change your focus, to get your eyes on the storm instead of on Jesus. We are not going to allow the new and living way to be washed away in the storm. We will continue in the way. I'm going to continue in the way. I'm going to read as much as I can about the way. I'm going to spend as much time in the way, understanding the way. The storm comes to change your thinking, your way of thinking. The storm wants you to think differently, to accept a new ideology, to accept a new, a new thought process, okay? If it's in the Word, you, 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 that's how it is. 
We don't need to invent a new approach. The storm comes to change your way of thinking and to divert your eyes, to divert your focus. And storms in your life, when they come, like I say, to change your way of thinking and to change your agreement, to change who, with whom you are agreeing. In other words, they want you to, the storms come to try to get you to agree with the kingdom of darkness rather than the kingdom of light. But you don't have to. It's a pretty simple choice. Jesus came that we would know the truth and that we would, not, that we would only be moved by the truth, and he came for us to know him, to have relationship with him, to be close to him, to draw nigh to him, and for him to set us free. And all, that's why, you know, the Lord said, you know, last week, that, you know, we, we're so busy, we come in so distracted, and I know I tried to explain why we're doing just sitting in the presence of God before services now, before anything starts. And I know some people are thinking, come on, I've... You already go an hour and a half. Now what's going to happen? You're going to go two? No, I'm serious. Well, if you don't have time to sit in the presence of the Lord, then just leave. It's really how I feel about it. Just leave. Now, I don't want any of you to leave because I believe all you guys have these beautiful hearts that really want to be in the presence of the Lord. I really believe that about you. I believe that you want to know Jesus and that you want to know more and more and more. But when, in a week... When in a week do y'all sit down and just say, Lord, I just want your presence. It's the most important thing to me in my whole life. I just want your presence. And I'm just going to come here and I'm just going to lay down the storms. I'm going to lay down the distractions. And so I believe that the Lord has asked us to do this so that we come in and we can honestly get peace. We can just lay down what we've been dealing with, you know, all week. Because, you know, maybe we don't all have that opportunity during a week. Maybe some of you make the opportunity. But it's a time that I believe that is going to be healthy for us. You know, the Lord wants to just take every burden away. And we can walk that way. We don't have to be burdened. And so it's going to be a time when we just come in and we just set aside all those distractions and allow the presence of Jesus just to fill us up and to know how good and kind and true and beautiful and wonderful he is. How much glory and splendor he has for us. He really wants you to know him in you. He really wants you to be identified by him. And I believe he's going to be doing that more and more. And he's going to be making you strong, 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 strong for the battle. So anyway, our, our fight, back to the message. 
Our fight is not against the storm. Our fight is for faith. Okay? The scripture tells us that. It is not personal. Your fight is not against people. Your fight is not against the devil. You don't have a fight against the devil. Jesus already won that one. Your fight is the good fight of faith. Now the scripture calls it a good fight. It's a good fight, and it's a fight of faith. That's your fight. Your faith is in the word, and the word is Jesus. You just cling to him. That's all you got to do. You just cling to him. He loves you so much. He loves you so infinitely. He doesn't desire one negative thing for any person. Jesus is never going to change. He will never change. He will always be with you. He will always be for you. He will never change, and you should never change or be moved off of who Jesus is and how greatly he loves you, how greatly he cares for you, how greatly he protects you. The way, the truth, and the life. He's the new living way. We get to live. We get to live fully in Jesus. Not being tossed about and tattered. You don't have to live a tattered life. And in him is our life, and all is well when we stay in that place of being surrendered to him, in love with him. I just want to be in love with Jesus. 1 John 5, 4. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has, that has, past tense, overcome the world, even our faith. My faith is Jesus. Your faith is Jesus. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Say, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So, Beloved, we must keep our believing right. We do that, we overcome the storms. They, they don't even get in. They don't even get in. James 4, 7. Listen, submit yourselves. Submit yourselves. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. No ifs, ands, or buts. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Well, we're not, we're not, I don't call myself double-minded. I don't call myself a sinner. And you shouldn't use those words when you refer to yourself. The way to resist the way to resist the devil is to submit to God. <coughs> and everything else falls in line. Submit and draw near. The key is to submit to God. Submit to God. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Agree with God. We cannot humor the world 
by adopting its mindset. Cannot do that. Cannot humor the world by adopting its mindset. So when someone comes to you with a mindset, okay, I'm going to be really, really harsh, maybe. You might think it's harsh. I don't actually think it is. But when someone comes to you with a mindset that you don't see here, you're sending them to hell if you allow them to stay in that mindset. Well, not technically to hell. <clears throat> but you're sowing hell in their lives. We should all be sobered by that thought. Now, how do you present the gospel, though? Are you going to be hateful and, you know, angry? No. You're going to speak in love with a heart of love, with a heart to shed light, not a heart of hate and anger. You know, you can be rebellious even though you're sharing the gospel. You can have a rebellious heart in the way that you share the gospel. And it's not okay. You can be very self-righteous when you share the gospel. It's not okay. You're not okay. The only thing that is going to overcome wrong ideologies is the love of Jesus. So, we can't humor the world by adopting its mindset, but we have a responsibility to share the mind of God, the mind of Christ, in love. So when we agree with God, see, we agree with God. It does not really matter what the devil says. It doesn't matter. I don't, I don't even give him thought. You don't need to give him thought. It doesn't matter what he throws your way. You don't have to be moved by that. You don't have to be stunned. In your agreement with God, actually none of your surroundings really matter. It doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter what storms come. Okay, and I'm not, I'm not using this as a curse word, but all hell could be breaking loose around you and you're going to walk through the crowd just like Jesus did when the crowd was wanting to throw him over the cliff. See that? That's you. That's who you're going to be. You're going to be this impenetrable shield. You're going to be this person surrounded by Jesus. And the world's going to see and the world's going to know. See that? And you're going to be a light shedder, a glory bearer, you're just going to stay centered in Jesus. It doesn't matter what's around you because it's not in you. Because you're in Jesus and Jesus is in you're in Jesus and Jesus is in you. So you get to be at that point. You get to be this fortress, this mighty bedrock of Jesus who cannot, cannot, cannot be toppled by the storm. The wise man, the one who had the understanding did not fall. Right? Okay. So that's what the Lord told me to share with you all today. So I hope that was a blessing to you. I hope you draw strength from that. And we're going to receive our, we're going to have communion. 
And then we're going to receive our tithes and offerings. And while they're getting, anyone who needs communion elements, go ahead and raise your hand. Somebody will bring it to you. But anyone who wants to pass out these deep love, I think there's someone here who needs communion elements right there. Um, We have these deep love 